Today's daf is daf Yudbeis, page twelve in the Heilige Meseches Nazir. All right, here we go. Today's daf is going to um, at least on Amud Aleph, and we're going to have a mission on the base. Be a sugya about marriage when a person sends an agent to marriage, and as we explained towards the end of yesterday's daf. We're going to see what's the shaykhis, why it's important to mention this sugya, and how it connects to the halacha of our Mishnah of somebody saying, I'm going to be a nazir, uh, and I'm going to sponsor somebody else. All right? So here we go. Let's pick up from the bottom of Yud Aleph Amad Beis. We're going to pick up from the very bottom line, second line from the bottom, Amar of Yisuk Bar Yosef, Amar of Yechidon. All right? Bottom of 11b. Let us get going. Somebody says to his messenger, Please go marry any woman for me. And he doesn't say specifically which woman he wants to marry. Any woman you think I trust your taste. What's going to happen? This guy doesn't come back now. All right? So now we got a problem. Because this Yid, the, the, the Mishaleach, the one who sent the messenger, doesn't know who he's married to. So not only can't you marry her, you can't marry anybody else who might be her erva. Okay? So here we go. Says the Gemara. Because there's a, there's a status that a shliach carries out a shlichus. And since you didn't tell him specifically which woman to marry, you have no clue. You don't know which woman he married. And Mamela, um, uh, you're going to be usher to marry any other woman as well with the fear that um, it might be a mother, mother-in-law, a sister, a daughter. Now, let's say you can come across a unique Jewish woman who has a tough time playing Jewish geography. In other words, this that we say, you can't marry anybody. What we mean is in a, normal, in, a, in a regular circumstance. But if you happen to find somebody who's got no relatives and hasn't had any relatives at the time of that other marriage... So there's no concern that maybe it was, her mother was... In other words, let's say you, marry, you meet a woman five years after you sent the messenger. And at the time that you sent the messenger, she had a mother, a Jewish mother, who could have been possibly uh, you know, the, the one who accepted the marriage. So then uh, you're not going to be allowed to marry her. But if her mother was married, so then you would be allowed to. Because even if you would have been Mikadosh, it's not going to be a valid marriage. But again, in other words, we're just creating scenarios... Where, um, as if there's any sort of relatives, we're going to have an issue. So you can All marry right. a Gioras. Correct. Why is it, now that you mention it, it is funny that it says because. Yeah, Rabbi Shaul is clarifying that any woman who possibly has a relative, you're going to be ushered to marry. Reish says to Rabbi Yechanan, his Heliga brother in law. Reish Lakish says to his beloved brother in law and Chavrusa and Makari Rabbi Yechanan. Cain stumam. If somebody has uh, birds and they're stam, there's not they're not a specific type of carbon. Shaparcha geisel echabehem laviraylam. One geisel, one of these birds, one of these gazelim, a geisel, a geisel literally is a pigeon, uh, flies out. Aishaparcha lebein chatois hameisays. Or it's now um, you know it's it's fled the coop. And it's going to be among other carbon chatoses or other carbon chatosim, which have been left to get a mum and pass away. All right. Or one of the birds of this. So you set aside two birds. You said uh, one bird died. 
Yikach zug l'sheni. You take a zug, take a, a, another pair for the one that's still around. Ve'ilu kein mefureshes in le'takana, which means that if there would be a kein mefureshes, like you have birds that are set aside for a specific type of carbon, let's say in your purification process from tuma to tara, then in le'takana, then uh, there's nothing to do. Okay, nothing to do. You're kind of stuck. Seems you can't uh, find another replacement. The ilu shar which seems to imply that any other bird is allowed to be used. The amai lema kol chada v'chada doma hai nihu. The Gemara here. Another person making a different sacrifice. They can take a bird. They don't have to worry that it was one of that pair. Correct. 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 Lema kol chada v'chada doma hai nihu. Say the one that's here is the one that that uh, flew away. And Mamela will say the same thing when it comes to marriage. Yeah? Why don't we say that any woman who you marry, we say that's not the one, the same, the same reason why we're being lenient with the birds, let's be lenient with the women. Amar Lay, Shabichlin says back to his, uh, his beloved brother-in-law, yeah? I'm speaking about a woman, and in general women don't like, Naida means to move about constantly. People, you can keep tabs on. You keep tabs on. They can't move too far, too fast. We know, uh, we know in general, uh, you know, where they're at. So, Amridli, as Atsidura Dinai, and you're going to tell me about an Isser, Dinayid, which uh, does move away and, and uh, uh, flies the coop and, you know, has a much broader ability to move around. So, let's pause for a minute. In this case, where you have a mishaleach of somebody sends a shliach to marry a woman for him, yeah, you say, "Please do me a flavor. I, I need you to marry somebody." And somewhere, someplace, the guy dies. So somewhere, someplace, there's a woman who possibly could be my wife. The halacha is what we learn was Rabbi Yechonah's opinion. You cannot marry anybody who possibly has a relative because maybe she's a relative. So. The Svara is, Esrei we say the same thing, that if you have a bird that flies the coop, somewhere, in some place, there's going to be a bird, now that it left, that's been, that's been set aside as somebody's carbon, uh, and therefore, any person who goes out and takes a bird, Stam, random, um, should, should not be allowed to use that bird, because there's some random bird amongst everybody else. Okay? Now, Lemai says it's not true. We know we don't do that. And the reason why we don't do that is what? Why don't we say, you know, even nowadays, right? Good, very good. Basaruba, good. We follow, we're right. We're following the majority. And therefore, Ishlakesh wants to, Taina is follow majority. So he wants to Taina. Okay? So Rabbi Yechanan says back to him as follows. Says Rabbi Yechanan, Omar Lay, again, we're reading this line again. Kamina ano ishad naida. I'm speaking about a woman, the Lainaida, that doesn't move around too much. And you're going to give me a case of a bird who does move around. And if you're going to say, Maybe we're dealing with a, a situation where there is Nayid. There is, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 a lot of... What's the word for Nayid? Is it throwing? Traveling. traveling. Good. If you say there is a lot of traveling and moving... 
will say that the shliach met her in some random marketplace and married her over there. And if that taka would be the case where there's a lot of movement, what are you going to say? Azlin on basaruba there as well. will follow the majority. Hasam, I'll tell you that in that case, hadra linichusa. That woman goes back linichusa. She goes back to her original place, gabe kain min hadra. But by a bird, it does not. This is a very important nafkamina. Um, uh, uh, teaching me practically when we follow the majority, okay? Which is that a woman, people live in a set place. People live in a set place. And the, um, the, uh, when, when a person is a kaveya, when a person is in a set place, we don't follow Rav. You don't follow Rav when there's kvias in a set place. A bird doesn't have a set place. Oh, oh we're, we're, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep, we're going to keep clarifying. We're going to keep clarifying. But that the what Rabbi Yechonah wants to respond to Reish Lakish is don't ask me a shaila about the birds because birds, I it's one in a million. A woman also be one in a million, but she goes back. So I need to be concerned about a woman because there's a kavias that exists, and when there's a kavia kola kavua, kemechza mechza we'll call it was fifty fifty because it's recognizable in its place, and you don't follow kavua. Something in a set place, in a fixed place, you don't follow the majority. And therefore, says Rebbe this guy cannot get married. That's his smart. Please, just one question. Yeah. If you're saying that you can't say going after the majority for women, then you, if Rebbe Yehud, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, that, yeah, says that you do not go after the majority, mm-hmm. then we can turn around and say, according to you, Rebbe Yehud, why can anybody ever marry a woman? Because somebody probably was sent out as a shliach, and Why probably somebody ever met the shliach? And we don't know who it is. Not somebody in the history of the world, anytime somebody sent a shliach without specifying who he's supposed to marry yeah. to, and then he died. After that, every woman in the no, world... I can marry somebody else. Why? No, I can marry maybe somebody she, else. Maybe she's the girl that he that married. That what? That he, maybe he already got her engaged. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You hear what I'm asking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to your answer. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to answer you as we go through the signal. If Saul says... If you're so concerned about every woman being the one who got married, so now how's any man ever allowed to get married? Now that the MS is that's really directly what Rob was saying. It's, it's not. It's not because, because we can keep going with it. But the, the Misa, by a woman, you can clarify because she'll tell you. I know it's not Makabel Kedushin. That's fine. But over here, there's nobody to clarify the matziv. Well, for, uh, <laughs> by a woman, there's nobody. To, so then you can ask the relatives that she. Has. They don't know. They don't know who is Makabel. You know? No, ask the ladies. The Ervis. Ask the Ervis. They don't know. How could they not know? They know that she, they don't know. Amar Rava, Rava says, will admit. If the woman who has none of these relatives, no, arise, vloy aim, vloy aim, she doesn't have a mother, she doesn't have a grandmother. Vloy achais, nor does she have sisters. And even if she has achais, a sister, Afterwards, she got divorced. That this woman would be allowed. There's no shaila about it. Meaning, when we say you're asked every woman in the world, it's a woman who possibly uh, is going to be stuck as one of the ervas. But my time, uh, what's the reason that if you have a woman who was married and then got divorced afterwards, we're not concerned that she was the one who was Makabal Kedushin because even if she would have accepted the marriage, it wouldn't have been valid. She's a married woman. I don't understand something. At the time... 
that the that the shliach spoke to him having to see the gavri. We'll say the reason is she was married to a guy, and therefore there's no way she's the one who accepted the marriage. Kimashve l'shliach, and when somebody makes a shliach, but most of the time a kame, a shliach does the the whole assumption that a shliach fulfills his agency is at that time. Yeah, we're not going to say oh he's going to do it uh, down the road rather than but most of the time a kame by shav yishliach. Memela, something that's not possible at that time, we're not concerned about, and he never made him a shliach for. Hence, if you have a situation where, uh, where you know, so the shliach died, and we're not sure who he married, and the sister of this possible woman ended up getting divorced afterwards, we know for a fact that the original woman is still going to be allowed. Okay, so that also wouldn't be an issue. Here we go. Tanam, we learned in the Mishnah. And this is quoting the mission that we learned on yesterday's daf. We're going to focus now on the scenario where you have a woman and the sister who's going to possibly be the erva was married at the time that the shliach was made. So we learned in our Mishnah, and I'm going to sponsor the nazir. This is how we're bringing this amud full circle to our Mishnah. And his friend heard about it. Me too, and I'm also going to sponsor Nazir. If they're smart, they'll pay for each other. They're going to be obligated to sponsor another Nazir. Now, I'm sorry, it makes sense in uh, the last guy, the second guy, the me too guy. So the first guy said, I'm a Nazir and I'm going to sponsor him. Okay? So now he's saying, me too. When he made his nether, I get why he can pay for the first one's carbonis. Because at the time that he said, me too, and I'm going to pay for another nazir of a carbon, there's already a nazir in place who is going to be mechuyiv in this carbon. So it's already here. It's not like a potential for another nazir. The chiyuv is ligging in this guy, living within this reality of this guy being obligated to carbon. It's already in existence. But the first Nazir who says, I'm going to be a Nazir, I'm going to sponsor another Nazir. At the time that he made his vow, I'm going to sponsor another Nazir. The other guy wasn't a Nazir yet. So how can you sponsor him? Top of Omid Beis. Omar Ella, rather, says, This is what our Mishnah means. If I ever find someone who's a Nazir, I'll sponsor him. So it doesn't need to be that he was already there at the time. Because he's basically saying, any Nazir at any time, doesn't need to be that the guy's already Nazir. So let's go to our case of the marriage. Yeah, Shliach dies, we don't know who he married off. And now she has a married sister at the time. Let's say the same thing. That he says to the Shliach, if you ever find a situation where a woman gets divorced, by the time you want to marry me, by, by the time, uh, you know, you want to f- complete the shlichas for me. So right now, at the time that I'm sending you, I'm sending you to go marry me off. The question is, the shliach then arrives to this other city, wherever he decides to go. And there was a woman who was married yesterday and now uh, got a divorce today. See, at the time I appointed him as my shliach, she was married. She wasn't betiras. Kedusha. She wasn't capable of accepting marriage. But now she's capable of accepting marriage. The question is, are we concerned that maybe this woman also is going to be usher? 
So yeah, marry any woman, even a woman who at the time they want to marry me off is is divorced. Even if she was married previously, kaddishly, I want you to marry me off. And if that would be true, what's the Vartan Rava? Why does Rava say that when somebody makes a shliach, they're only trying to include women who are not married at the time of the shliach appointment? Who says maybe he's fine as long as women get divorced later on? Maybe he's fine with the with, with the shliach marrying him to that kind of woman. And if that is true, the mishaleach, the sender, should be usher to any woman who was married at that time, who and then got divorced along with her relatives. So the Gemara says, "You're right, Amri. The case is loy mashvi in a shliach ella b'mosa demotzi ovid hashta b'mosa loy motzi ovid hashta loy mashvi." A person, we're going to say like this. And this is going to be challenged very quick. The Gemara is going to say, Lehalacha. Ready for this? You're not capable. Ruvain is not capable of making Shimon his shliach to marry him off to a currently married woman. It's not even a shlichus. You understand? Ruvain says to Shimon on Sunday, I'm making you a messenger to marry me to a woman. Within that statement is an impossibility that Shimon can ever marry him off to a woman who's married on Sunday. Which means even if she gets divorced on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Shimon, if Shimon puts a ring on her finger, it's not valid. Because you're not a shliach for a woman who at the time of the appointment of shlichus was married. And what if it's planned? You can't. Doesn't make a difference. You, I, the, the sh, you, at the, you can so only be a shliach. Send somebody to buy something at the you, store when it opens. You, I can't send somebody to, send it to, to, buy, to buy something. If the store opens at, yeah, okay. I, at 8 o'clock, I can't. You could say, it. I'll make you a shliach on Thursday. I'm, I'm stating now, you I'm become my shliach, shliach on Thursday. On Thursday. Uh-huh. That would be fine. Okay. But to say, I'm a shliach now, you're pushing out a shliach for any woman who's impossible for, for the shlichas to be fulfilled. Says the Gemara, to challenge us, is that true? Valai? Uh, 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 shliach is not capable of carrying out a shlichus if at the time of the actual appointment he wasn't allowed. Tashma, come and listen to this. I don't understand. I don't agree with you. Going back to Naziris, okay? The Allah is like this. You have a guy going out of the country. So he appoints somebody else to oversee his finances. And he says... You should know, any nether that my wife makes, I want you to remove that vow. Okay, I'm giving you the rights. I'm not going to be around. I'm giving you the rights to remove the vow. Okay. Now, the apitropis, the one overseeing the estate, was heferla. Remove the vow. Yachol yumufarim. Does that work? Does it work? Can I appoint somebody who oversees my estate to also take my place in removing my wife's vows. It's part of the rights of the estate of a husband. So I'm a Yacho Yumu Farm. I would think it works. No. Only the husband. The husband's the the one who has to remove the vow. You cannot appoint somebody else to do it. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Lafiza? According to according to Rabbi Whenever the husband comes back, within 24 hours of hearing of the vow, he'll have to remove it. Doesn't make a difference what the Apitropis did while he was gone. 
No, it does work. The Torah allows a messenger, and not only are you a messenger, you become the sender. Shlucho shall other measure a person's mamish like him. It is. And therefore, it seems, according to Rabbi Eichen, if I appoint a messenger to remove my wife's vows, it's fine. Because it's like I'm removing the vow. Says the Gemara, even according to Rabbi Yishia, who says that the whole reason why the Apitropos cannot remove the vow is because of Ogzeris HaKosov, Halav Hachi, if not for the vow, Apitropos Mefer. The Apitropos would be allowed to remove the vow. Okay? So you see, it would be possible to make someone a Shliach, ready? To remove a vow that's not yet in existence. Because again, here's what happened, this Gishmak. Ruvain is leaving town, he's going to China. He says to Shimon, remove my, remove my wife's vows while I'm gone. You can't, says Rabbi Yishu, Xeris HaKosov. Without the Xeris HaKosov, you could. I could make him a shliach to remove my wife's future vows that are not even in existence. You see, you can make somebody a shliach to remove or to do something that currently is impossible. It's non-existent. So the same way, says the Gemara, here we go, bringing out the question, bringing out this point, the Ilu Gabadi Tanya, when it comes to, when it comes to the, uh, the uh, husband going out of town, we learned in Abchaisa, somebody says to his wife, a person going to China, and instead of appointing an apitropis, he says, I'm gone for a month, my dear sweetie. Any vow you make for the next month, I will not remove. You have my word. It's automatically mekuyim. Layamar klum. Okay? Why layamar klum? She didn't make the vows yet. If he says, I'm removing them initially. Rebbe Lezer says, you can remove a vow prior to it being made, before it's even in existence. And the chum say, that no, you cannot remove a vow before it's in existence. Now, what's this machlekes about? Like we had in this machlekes from the Dharm, Kosal Kataitach, Zok Gemara, Kosal Kataitach. We're thinking over here, the Kiyosa Revaisha, Alibad Rabbanan, Darmi Lai Matimefer. Abyesha is going according to the Chum who say that a person is not allowed to remove the vows of his wife before it's made. Vilav Damar Achman, if not the Torah is saying, Yishai Kemeni Vishai Firanu, Apitropis Avimefir. Apitropis would be allowed to remove the vow even before, even though it's impossible to do it now and it's only possible to do it later, you can still make a shliach for such a thing, which is a challenge on Rava. Because over here, again, you have an impossibility, it's not yet in place, and still you could appoint a shliach. Question on Rava. Says the Gemara of Adoma Alibad Rebeliezer, Da'amar Mati Mefer. Maybe Rabbi Yeshua is following Shitas Rebeliezer, who holds that in general, that even a husband himself is capable of prior to the vow being made, you could do it. And therefore, since the husband could do it, he could make the Shliach. Says the Gemara, Why do you make a Shliach in the first place? Let him take, handle this whole thing himself. Makes no sense. In other words, a guy says to a Shliach, by the way, while I'm gone, any vow my wife makes, remove. Do it yourself. You have the rights before your wife makes a vow to remove uh, to remove it. And for the Gemara, Kasavar, 
that um, the he this guy is thinking the mishalach thinking. I prefer he oversee it. Maybe something's going to happen. I'm going to be upset when I hear about it. I'm going to, too much going on. And therefore, instead of just making a blanket statement, he prefers to have somebody on site, so to speak, that when the vow comes, to, uh, to go ahead and, uh, and remove it. Okay. Mamish, mamish, mamish. Beautiful, mamish, incredible. All right, weiter. Next mission. Listen to this. A guy says, I'm going to sponsor a half a Nazir. <laughs> 20 bucks for a haircut, I'll pay for 10. Yeah. And his friend hears that, oh, one second. If he becomes a Nazir, it'll be a little cheaper. She says, I'll do the same thing. You can't sponsor half a Nazir. The Chom says, no, you could do a half. There's no problem over here. Okay. Now what's the uh, what's this half a nazir? What's this whole sugya? So the Gemara, the Gemara, short Gemara, but it explains this for us. Amarava, Hakalmaidim, everybody will agree. Everybody will agree that if he says I'll bring half of the uh carbonis, then Taka, you're only responsible for um for half the cost of the carbonis. Uh, and if somebody says the carbonis of half a nazir, kule carbon boy, everybody will agree. You got to bring the carbonis of a regular nazir. My time, huh? No thing as a half a nazir. So if I say I'm going to bring, I'll sponsor the carbonis of a half nazir. What you're basically saying is I'm going to sponsor the carbonis of a whole nazir. So keep pligi. Where's their machlekes? Belisha demastisim pligi. Okay, they're arguing only. In the case where a person says legaleach chatzin nazir, what's the what's the happening over here? Rabbi Meir Sava, Rabbi Meir says kivon da amar hare alai. Since he says hare alai legaleach chatzin nazir, ichayev akule karban nazirus. As soon as you say the words alai, you are obligating yourself in everything. And now, when you continue your statement, vechiko amar chatzin nazirus lav kol kimine. You don't have a right to say that. Who has a remember this? Remember this? Dublanigo. Yeah? You don't have the ability to change a reality that you already put into place. The second part of your statement does not undo the first part of your statement. No, one statement, you look at the totality of the statement, and hence, granted you said half a nausea, and you say half a nausea is automatically a whole nausea. No, keep going in the sentence. And we know what you mean now, and hence you're going to be allowed to only pay for half of the shaving. Next Mishnah. Hareini Nazir, the Gsheli Ben. Somebody says, as soon as I have a child, a son born to me, I am accepting upon myself Naziris from Nelevi Ben. And then he has a son, Hareza Nazir. As soon as the son comes into the world, he becomes a Nazir. Nelevi Bas, let's say he has a daughter instead of a son. Again, what did he say when I have a son? So what if he has a daughter born, Tumtum, you have a Tumtum or an Androgynous? Tumtum, as we learned, have uh, the, the signs of zachrus, the signs of male, are covered over with a flap of membrane or a flap of skin. So it's not clear. Um, it's not clear what gender the baby is. And an androgynous is a baby who has both simonim, signs of both a male and a female, than anenazir. So a, a, a girl, a tumtum, an androgynous, all of them, he's not going to be a nazir. Okay. Now you're going to ask, 
what if the tumtum is taka a zacher? Teretz is, again, we're going to go, this clearly is not what the guy meant. By, by saying a ben, he doesn't mean something in such a, a rare, extreme scenario, and we're going to take him literally for his word. Let's say he says, if I have a kid, if I have a child, I'll be a nazir. Then I feel no matter what it is. You said a child, that's, you're, gonna, you're, you're a nazir. Okay. What happens if his wife miscarries? Ain't a nazir. Okay. Why? We're going to go into his statement. Similar to him, you know, similar to him uh, uh, not meaning a tumtum on dragoness or a bas. He also, we know he doesn't mean a miscarriage. Now, a miscarriage obviously is a lot more common than a tumtum or an andragonist. One in four women uh, at some point, uh, are, you know, on, according to statistics, have miscarriages. So it's a lot more common, you'll say, but still, we're going to go into his das. And we're going to go into his mind. And we're going to say, it's not what he meant. Shimon says, Yaimar, uh, this guy should say, Imhoya ben Kayama, if the child lives, Hareani Nazir Chayva, then I am a, a Nazir of, because of my previous statement, the Imlav, and if it was not a living child, Hareani Nazir Nadava. Shimon is saying, even in this case of a, of a miscarriage, a person should follow through on his Nazirus and make it conditional. Make it conditional. Yeah, sometimes you have a child that's born, but we don't know whether it was really a living child or not. Let's say you have a completely healthy child. God forbid. You have a child that's born, and something happens. The building explodes a minute after the baby's born. The baby dies. Yeah? So then, that's considered a living child, even though it didn't live. So Rabbi Shimon says, you know, this guy's kind of a suffix. Whenever you have a, a, you know, a stillborn so you got to view it like a suffix, and therefore he should say, if this really was a living kid, I'm going to do my Naziris. And if not, I'm going to be a Nazir and a dove. He, fa- he says, practically speaking, a person should follow through. His wife gives birth again. He's going to be a Nazir. Now, this makes sense, because he said, I'm going to be a Nazir when my wife gives birth to a child. So the next kid is going to obligate the Naziris. If this one's not a kid, Lefid Tanakama. If we don't consider the stillborn to be a child, or the miscarriage to be a child, so whenever your child comes, you're going to be a nazir. He didn't say this child. He said a child. Reb Shimon says, Yaimar, he should say, He'll agree that you're a nazir, but he says, you should just stipulate within your naziris that if I, if the stillborn was a, was really considered a child. So I had already fulfilled my chi of Naziris, and this is an extra one. And if my stillborn wasn't a uh, real, you know, a, a living child, so this is going to be my Naziris. Okay. So very interesting Mishnah. It's the, the, there's a lot. There's a lot of Torah, a lot to talk about. It seems that the whole chiddush of this Mishnah is really for the purpose of the Seifa. Because if you look at the beginning, it says, if, I'm a, if I have a son, you know, I'm going to be a Nazir. The, it seems pretty straightforward. He has no, no major chidushims. It seems a lot of it is in the uh, stillborn side of the Mishnah, the safer side of the Mishnah. Tomorrow on, at 9.30 a.m., we'll pick up from the Mishnah on the bottom again of Yud Bez, Amud Bez. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.